Welcome to Spirit Talk Radio. My name is Angel and I am your host. I would like to extend to you this invitation to join me today on a journey of exploration, discovery, and clarity with one of the many guests from the community who is committed to helping us all on our journey of spiritual transformation. Enjoy the show and be prepared to ask questions if you have them. Looking forward to seeing you today, tomorrow, and thereafter. Enjoy. Well, hello, everybody. Angel here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Spirit Talk Radio. I'm so excited to have our next guest because she talks about one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, which is food and in a, in a really interesting way. So I want to welcome Sherry Redgrave to the show. Hi, Sherry. Hey, wonderful to meet you. Wonderful to meet you too. So before we get started, I always throw out the mic and ask for my guests to introduce themselves to the community. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself before we get started here? Sure. Well, I was uh, born in Eugene, Oregon, and I was a musician from day one. <laughs> My mother said I used to take out the pots and pans and beat on them. So I've had a lifetime of music and theater and writing and all those wonderful things. And I really saw my retirement as a time that I could explore all those things and get a chance to really get down and do things and not be distracted. And what happened? I was diagnosed with four food allergies at the age of 62. Wheat, dairy, eggs, and peas. Let me tell you, that put me into a tailspin. But what it, it accomplished was I have a lot of autoimmune problems and it really, really helped them once I started cleaning up what I was putting in my body. So getting rid of those foods was not easy because if you are what you eat, I used to be a cheese ball. So I'm married to one of those. <laughs> I mean, I thought that there is no food that cheese wouldn't improve. I would put cheese on a cookie. I just thought cheese was the best thing ever. Um, and all of a sudden, I couldn't have it anymore. So, you know, it was almost like, like going through a death. But I went through the seven phases of grief pretty fast, about a month. And by the time I got to acceptance, I said, I'm not going to be in angst over this anymore. I'm going to make it an adventure. And so that. I call it my allergy adventure. And I want to encourage others to go on this, too. Although I know that there are people that because of lifestyle want to be vegans and different things. And that's, that's great too. What happened was I started one recipe at a time. I started experimenting. Who knew you couldn't make gluten-free flour in a bread maker? Oh, what a hot mess. It was just horrible. And all these different things I was trying and I was having some successes and I was having some failures, but that was okay. And I hooked up with a friend of mine from my local Toastmaster group, and she is a food chemist. She is a professional chef, and she's a fourth-generation hazelnut farmer. Oh, wow. And so we got together, and, and we said, let's, let's start putting these out for people because the whole point is to make delicious food 
the entire family can eat and not say, oh, that was a good gluten-free meal, or didn't you like those dairy-free cookies? No, it's just, they were delicious. And that's the point. You don't wanna have to be making food for every person in the family. And so we started redoing recipes and we started putting them out on our website, Two Cooks for Allergies. And that started a process. And it was going very well until I tried to make gravy. Now I wanted gravy, I wanted gravy so bad. And when you think, what is gravy? Gravy is my fakey non-dairy butter, uh, gluten-free flour, and then non-dairy milk and some salt and pepper. So you basically are replacing all the ingredients and it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And my husband, he, I was using almond milk and he said, let me look at the milk. He's an engineer. He does all of the, all of the science parts of everything. And he said, you're pouring water in your gravy. He said, this almond milk is all water. It's more than 90% water. And so we started fussing around and, and said, well, maybe we can do something better because I couldn't use coconut milk. Oops, lost my earbud couldn't use coconut milk because it was too sweet. I don't want sweet gravy. Couldn't use oat milk because I didn't want gravy that tasted like oatmeal. So we spent two and a half years coming up with a new non-dairy milk substitute made from Oregon hazelnuts that's used for cooking and baking and drinking. And so now we have Sherry's hazel cream. And that was my answer to making gravy. I wanted gravy that much. But all of our friends that tried it, they just said, this is wonderful. You have to try to sell this stuff. And that started a whole nother chapter in my life. So that's where we are right now. Well, that's really but that's amazing. my story. That's amazing. That's really amazing. And, and uh, so many people right now um, on our planet are finding themselves having these adverse reactions to foods and Wheat and gluten is like the big noise right now. Oh, yeah. And you gave your list. And I'm like, oh, my God, you were allergic to all the delicious stuff. <laughs> you, well, know? you know, it means we can't eat out much. Um, there's a few places I can eat. Um, if, if it's authentic Mexican, doesn't have a lot of dairy in it, I can eat there. If it's Thai, there's a lot I can eat. If it's Indian, I have to watch the non, what is it, nan bread. Uh, but there's an awfully lot there on the menu I can eat. But boy, there are some places where I go in and maybe, maybe French fries, maybe. And that's it. That's the whole meal. So it, it's a whole different way of living, of traveling. Um, I either have to take my food with me or plan my meals or research restaurants where we're going to be staying. Um, it's a lot of work and it's different. Well, and, and for some people, um, they, they, they might say something like, um, that's a lot of work. Why would you do all of that? Why can't you just go and get some, some supplement or something that'll help your body process stuff? And Well, I guess you can. And I guess there are some things out there. But for me, it made such a difference. Uh, I was diagnosed with sarcoidosis when I was in my early 20s. And I've had some other autoimmune problems since then. But 
most of them were skin issues. And let me tell you, getting rid of those four things just made so much difference. And so, you know, I know that there's a shot available I've heard about that can get rid of your allergies for two weeks or something. And I'm just like, what is that doing to your body? I mean, yes, it would be wonderful to be able to go to a foreign country or something and, and eat all these wonderful baked goods. But what am I really doing to my body? I don't know. Um, what is it's it a scary we say? thing. Listen to your body, right? Aren't we always oh, saying Oh, absolutely. And, and be your own advocate. Take charge. Don't, you know, I know a lot of people aren't cooking now. In fact, I had one woman come up to me and she said, if the food doesn't come out of a window or to my front door, I don't eat it. So here's somebody that's only eating out of food trucks and having their meals delivered. Well, to me, that's very limiting. It's, it's I guess I'm from a generation where you didn't do that. Um, yeah. But uh, I made note during the holidays of all the meal delivery programs that are out there. There are so many of them. Oh, yeah. Um, that, um, you know, the, the younger generation, they're losing that tribal knowledge of the cooking of you know the recipes you know I lost my mother not too long ago and she was from New Orleans and we're like we're, oh man you have no idea <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that you know we're all there's three sisters and we're all like scrambling to to make sure that we can continue the legacy of these recipes the gumbo and the jambalaya and all that stuff and um cooking for me and I got this from my mother is is soulful and yeah, because it's just it's the, the the therapy of cooking and then giving it to the people you love and watching them eat. Oh, and yeah. So it's like a drug for me. I just love it. I sit. my husband teases me, says, why are you watching me? Did you poison me or something? Because because <laughs> I love that. And you can't get that buying fast food. You can't get that. You know, getting the, the food delivered through a food service and you got to know how to cook. Well, this last Christmas, my husband's parents uh, were born in London. And so she gave me her Christmas pudding. I call it figgy pudding because uh, it's got the figs in it. And it was wonderful. I mean, we made the pudding. We made the, we made the sauce that went over the top. And Chris told me it tasted just like his mom made. So even though there was a bunch of substitutes in there, all I can say is thumbs up to figgy pudding. So you did the whole gluten-free, dairy-free process with the figgy oh, yeah. pudding? And, and no eggs. Oh, wow. I've and, always you know, it's, I, always, I always have said, you know, it's, I, I always thought cheese would be the thing if I could only have one thing back. And cheese is still important to me, and I don't have a good substitute for it yet. Some of the soft cheeses are pretty good, but boy, the, they don't have a good cheddar yet, really. Um, and it's the consistency and the mouthfeel. Some of the brands, I've, I try a bunch of brands. Some of the brands say, you know, uh, melts. And I'm like, yes, with a blowtorch. Because <laughs> when I put it in my oven or in my microwave, it's not melting. I got news for you. Um, but so there are things. But the thing that actually I would get back is egg because egg is in everything. And you have to learn to be a bit of a food chemist because you have to know how the egg is being used in the recipe. 
in order to make the appropriate substitution. There's probably 20 different substitutions for A, uh, everything from flaxseed to uh, applesauce. Uh, there's some dried eggs substitutes that are, that are pretty good. Um, there's some liquid egg substitutes that are pretty good. Uh, but you have to know how how it's being used. Uh, so I think wow. that's the that's the toughest thing because if it's a binder, you got to make sure it's going to bind or it's not going to it's not going to do the job. The together. Do you have a so, good bread recipe? I have several recipes out. Uh, I've got one for slider buns, and I also have cornbread, and I think I have uh, uh, breakfast rolls. I think. Uh, but uh, for an example, uh, one thing that's changed is I have to start cooking days ahead of time if I'm going to do an event. Because let's say like for Thanksgiving, well, I want I want dressing. Well, that means gluten-free croutons. Well, if you open the packages, I'm sorry to say most of them are very stinky and just are unappealing. So that means you need to make your own. So I've gone with the cornbread, and so but that means I have to take the day uh, before I can make the cornbread. I have to use my hazel cream and, and turn it into buttermilk. Oh wow! So that's that's a process. I do that, and then I make the cornbread the next day, and then I make the dressing the next day. So you really have to align things up with what you want to do. But the nice thing about our product is it's really different. And maybe that's good and maybe that's bad, but you actually can turn it into regular milk, cream, buttermilk, and I even made evaporated milk for pumpkin pie this year. Ooh. So, so it's a creamy, it's it's when you say cream, in my mind, I think I say milk. And I've had that problem with um with some of the nut milks because that's all they are is crushed up nuts in a bunch of water. And so sometimes when you substitute with it, it's doesn't come out right but what is well here's here's what we have we have a pod it's almost like a curing pod and it has nut butter in it oh wow you take the nut butter and you put it in your blender it means you have to have a blender okay but because you control the amount of water 32 ounces makes it into milk 16 ounces makes it into cream Wow. You can take the milk or the cream and add vinegar to it or lemon juice, and that's how you get buttermilk. And by reducing the amount of water to 14 ounces, that was my evaporated milk. Because when I was doing my research, they said, well, you start with milk and you boil off uh, this amount until there's only 16% uh, of the water left. And so I said, well, why put more than 16% of the water in to begin with? Wow. So you're totally you're totally in control. So we sell it in two pod packs like this. Okay. And once you put it in the blender, it comes out looking like real milk. Look at that. It's and beautiful. Could, it's white. It's it does it taste how's it taste? It tastes like milk. I mean, that's the whole point. Is the only thing that's different uh is that we have a lot less sugar than cow's milk does. Cow's milk, I believe, has uh, 12, what is it, grams of sugar, and we have one. Uh, wow. And so how long have you been doing this, um, the hazel, 
the hazelmilk, hazel cream. How, how many years is this, you say? Well, it took us two and a half years to develop it. And then we started selling it last year. And so oh. we're just now starting. So it's available on our website and we can sell to anybody in the US. And then, uh, of course, if there's somebody, if there's an international broker that would like to get in touch with me, I'd love to talk to you. So it's beautiful. And, it, and I think what I love the most about it is it's 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 this um, this journey that you went on. Yeah, and in so in process. Yeah, and it's it's shelf stable, so it'll sit on the shelf. So if you've got a a grandchild that has a milk allergy, you can just have it sitting there, and then when they show up, you can just throw it in the blender and you're ready to go. Oh, that's that's perfect. I love. You know, that. think think peanut butter. That's kind of the consistency of it. Okay. So okay. anyway, this is this is my adventure. And I mean, it's, I'm doing more than just the milk. I mean, we've got all these different recipes out there. Uh, we've, our most successful YouTube recipe is our not flour flour tortillas. Ooh. Uh, because a lot of times you, you don't want a corn tortilla, you want a flour tortilla. But if you can't, you know, this is how you make it with the uh, substitutes. So there's just a lot of things out there. And I'm out doing demos and I'm out putting out different things. If any of your guests are interested, we have an offer for them. Anyone anywhere can order our uh, dairy-free quick start guide. Because I had a friend that came up to me, it was just diagnosed and he's like, is there a quick start guide on how to be dairy-free? And I said, well, no, but I'll write one real quick. And so we have that out there. It talks about some of the things you need to be aware of and watch for. Um, like milk and gummy vitamins and things like that, things you wouldn't expect just to be careful of. In fact, I had one mom tell me that she didn't know that Play-Doh had wheat in it. And wow. so they had a, I didn't they know had that a, either. They had a child that was very sensitive and that, you know. That's what kids do with it, right? The little yeah. ones. Eventually, so, it goes, eventually it goes in there. <laughs> No so anyway, we have that, but then we also have, uh, for anybody in the U.S. with a U.S. postal address, we can give them a discount on a bag. So, so we'd love to, love to have, love to spread the word about this. So, so I'm fascinated by the, the process because it sounds like you started off on a journey of your own health. Yes. And you started doing this thing. Now it's like this, this outreach to, yeah. to get other people. Is, is this a passion now to, to take this and, and, and share it with the world? Is that, is that kind it of- It is because, again, it's because I want people to make delicious food. And, you know, it's- I'm ready to vote. You know, whether it's scalloped potatoes or whether it's smoothies or I make a wonderful garlic pasta, creamy garlic pasta, um, you know, and it just, any of these things, the cornbreads, the, there's so many things that take milk or cream or buttermilk. And, you know, this is designed for that. We did a competition at the local community college that had a culinary school. And we called it the Sherry's Hazel Cream Challenge. And there were teams of two chefs and they had to make an appetizer, a main and a dessert using Sherry's Hazel Cream and then it was judged. Wow. And it was so gratifying to me because all the team said every single recipe we tried this and it worked. That's excellent. Do you, you have know, so, that, do you have that footage, any of that information on your YouTube channel? We do. We actually have a one hour uh, 
kind of distillation of what happened because it was a four or five hour process um, for them to cook through all of the things because they had to cook it there. They couldn't pre-cook it. Um, and then uh, we created a 90 page uh, book uh, that you can download for less than $5 and the whole amount goes to the community college uh, for, to their culinary school. And it's got all the recipes in it. It's oh, got wow. meet the chef. It's got meet the judges. And so, you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful little download that people can can check in on. No, that's really cool the, that you were able to connect with the school to, because you know, them doing the recipes, because when you create your thing, of course, you can make great recipes out of the thing that you did. But then you went out and you got other people with a level of mastery and gave them, it's like, here, cook this. And they were able to cook just regular recipes that every day. Right. Were... And I wasn't able to taste all of them because it was just dairy free. And they definitely had some gluten in some of the stuff that they did. Uh, but I mean, they made puddings, they made uh, a cognac sauce for filet mignon, they made baba ganoush, they, I mean, they made, uh, oh gosh, bread pudding, uh, just so many wonderful dishes and, and creamy soups, this makes the best creamy soup, we made uh, jalapeno, creamy jalapeno soup the other night, that's one of my husband's favorites, um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's real versatile. How did it feel to for you to see them making all this food and to watch this this project? Oh, it was wonderful. And, and it's been so difficult to get chefs to try it because chefs have their recipes and they don't want to budge from them. And that's one thing that we found. But it's a one-to-one -one substitute. If it says a cup of milk, you can put in a cup of this. Oh, wow. And so it's not like you have to do a lot of fussing or um, you know, it's just, it's just real simple. So it, uh, and it works. I'm, I made, even made some Mexican crema the other day for my, oh God, that sounds for delicious. my uh, spicy corn salad. <laughs> oh, you know, Sherry, you're making me really hungry. I just, need to know that. <laughs> so how did you, uh, let's talk about how you went through this journey of discovering that you had these allergies, like what caused you um, to say, is there something wrong? And then go in and get diagnosed. Well, I was, like I said, I had autoimmune problems my adult life and the skin issues being the worst. And we were actually visiting uh, my husband's mother. And I ended up on the sofa in the middle of the night crying because I couldn't find a comfortable position to lay down in. I mean, my skin hurt that much. Wow. And so I had had success in the past with a naturopathic doctor. And so I went back to him and said, can you help me? And he said, well, not so much. But my wife has had some skin problems and we had her tested for allergies and it really helped her. Would you like me to test you for allergies? And so I had a blood allergy test. And, you know, sure enough, I mean, everything was just zero down the page except for wheat, dairy, eggs, and peas. And they were like off the charts. Jeez, and wow. now, because I've, it's almost like the sensitivity has increased because I don't eat them ever. But if I go out somewhere and eat something I shouldn't, I, I'm not so bad that I end up in the hospital. 
but I do feel like I've ingested a bowling ball. Wow. And I will go home and go to bed and just lay there for hours. So it's not even worth the, the pleasure of the eating because... It's not. And for me, it's, uh, it's pretty fast. There are some food allergies that don't show up till the next day. Uh, but mine are pretty immediate. And so it just depends on what kind of uh, uh, thing is going on inside your system. So how would you um, rate your quality of life now that you've made? Oh, my life is so wonderful, except for the not eating out part, which I miss. But uh, I have a wonderful husband, two wonderful dogs most of the time. And, uh, you know, we just we just had a Christmas Eve party where I invited a bunch of strangers that didn't know one another. They all knew me. And I handed out name tags. And boy, I didn't think they were ever going to leave. But <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It was just, I was it's just a tired. good thing. That means that they wanted, to, they wanted to be with you and have fun. And you were like, it's been a while, guys. <laughs> well, I said, it was, the problem was I've been cooking for three days. So I was at that point, I was tired. But everybody loved the food. Everybody said it was delicious. No one said, oh, what a good gluten-free meal. They all said it's delicious. And that's wow. what we want. And that's the thing. So cakes, you can make cakes and stuff. Oh, I make cakes all the time. Wow. I have a friend that does that does some stuff for us, and we've tried to pay him. And he's like, "No, I work for Lemon Cake," you know. And so I'll have to make a lemon cake and, and get it to him. Lemon cake sounds delicious. I made I made I made cookies. Uh, that were fruitcake cookies. Ooh. I found a recipe and I said, huh, this sounds interesting because I had to get some different candied fruits for this figgy pudding I was making and I ended up with more than I needed. And I found this recipe and it was delightful. They were very good. Figgy so pudding. I was watching um, the uh, Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. They make the figgy pudding and they talk about the pudding and then the gin punch, and then the turkey. And I was like, when I was preparing for this show, I was like, how can you create, recreate that classic Christmas meal oh. and have it just as delicious It is just without delicious. all that stuff? Yeah, no, you can, and it's easy. And it's, it's not as easy as doing it the old-fashioned way, but it, once you get used to it, it's, it's a great thing to try. But the missing, the only missing element for you right now is the cheese. Well, I do love my cheese. And cheese is good. You know, it's it's interesting. My other, my other thing that I was going to talk to you about that's only happened in the last two years. So in the middle of all this going on, is that I was able to connect for the very first time with my full-blooded brother on his 70th birthday. And then a few months later, my 90-year-old birth mother on her 90, for her 90th birthday. And so I've been finding out that many of my relatives came from Wisconsin. No wonder I love cheese. No wonder I love Green Bay. Come on, let's just it's talk about it. It's in your blood. It's in your blood. It's in my blood, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm finding some of these things out and, and everything will be good. And they say, oh, but I get migraines. I'm like, yeah, I bet, I bet you've got 
some food allergies, you really, there's no need to put up with that. You know, be your own advocate, take charge. You know, because you can live your life the way you want to live it, right? You right. can choose and you can wrestle and, and, and try to work your way around all this stuff and force yourself to be like everybody else, or you can accept and change your journey to something Absolutely. magnificent. So I want to hear about this. So you were separated from your from your brother? I was adopted the first hour I was born. And what I'm finding out now is that I've actually met an aunt that was in the room when I was born. Wow. And uh, I had a, uh, I've got a brother that's three years older than me. But uh, we were looking and I, Chris says it's a British thing that they get into their ancestry a lot. <laughs> and, you know, I had done some things when Oregon opened up their adoption records. I had requested my original birth uh, paperwork. And so I knew the names of my mother and father. Um, but I didn't know where they were. I knew where they were when I was born, but I didn't know where they were since then. And so Chris started doing... Uh, following the census and learning about a bunch of different things and, you know, looking at death records. Cause that's, that's where you find the most information uh, is on, because then you can say survived by had children of, you know, and different things like that. And you can start putting the pictures in, but it was quite by accident that I found out about the brother. And it was because I have a cousin who in passing mentioned, you know, it's a shame you've never met your brother. And I think that Chris and I, I think our jaws just dropped to the floor. I mean, it was just like, what are you talking about? And evidently my mother, my adopted mother had put out a gag order that no one was ever to speak of this. And uh, hmm. so nobody did. And uh, so then we knew that there was a mother and a brother didn't know if they were alive, didn't know where they were. We started the hunt and found some other relatives, the ones in Wisconsin, and, and they got us to the ones here. And it turned out that they both live pretty close. My brother is uh, maybe 100, and, 100 miles away and, and uh, my mom is up in, uh, up in Washington but not very far, just on the other side of the Oregon border. So it, it's an easy trip to see wow. the both of them. But uh, it's funny because uh, I, I can see now, I, all my life I wanted to know, you know, was I drawn to music because of something genetic or was it because my dad used to play the piano all the time or, you know, what was it? And it's fun to see all these people and meet all these people and everybody's been just so wonderful. And, it's uh, amazing. you know, it's, it turns out I have, besides my, my brother, I have, uh, nine half siblings. And so, um, and most of oh, them are still lot. alive. Just overnight. Boom. Your, your family. Yeah. Just... And so it's all of a sudden I'm buy, having to buy Christmas cards and having to buy birthday cards and having to, buy... it's been wonderful. It's been absolutely wonderful. I love uh, the reunion stories. I love the reunion stories. I, I'm a sucker for them. I get teary eyed when, 
when 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 families reconnect because it's just well last summer i went up to washington to longview and they had rented a pizza parlor and there must have been a hundred people there and they're all my relatives and the first thing they did was they slapped a name badge on me it said sherry sister number three oh and so I knew my place. So I knew there were two sisters older than me and then the brothers. And if you look at the pictures of me, in fact, they had a cake with a little uh, sparkler on it that said, it's a girl. Oh, <laughs> so they were really happy to 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 uh, bring you into the into the pack. Well, and as it's turning out, I am able to be uh, a little bit of an influence to get people together that haven't been together in a while. And there were people that said, oh, I haven't seen this person in 10 years. And I'm like, well, why not? Why don't we get together? We're all old enough now. We can put whatever bad feelings are behind you. Beautiful. You are responsible for the way you feel about people. So, you know, let's go forward and, and, and look at the wonderful things that we have together and that we can share and find out the stories about things. And it's been really fun, just really fun. So beautiful. So and so, I have to ask you this. So now you've reconnected with your with your family. Are you having these conversations with them? Have you have you influenced this this food allergy amongst any of them yet? Or not so much with them. Um, a couple of them have purchased some. I think just out of curiosity. But I have gone up there and made food that they've been happily to eat. Um, <laughs> but uh <laughs> i think it's yeah i've had some great conversations with my brother i've had he was adopted within the family and oh. they adopted me outside of the family and so he was aware that i was around just but he was a boy and he didn't care and it was just kind of one of those things you know you know how guys are um and the funny thing is, is I was talking to a woman that uh, had been friends with him for a while. And I said, well, how did you meet him? And she goes, oh, he was the bad boy in high school. We all knew who he, who he was. And I thought, well, you know, I don't know that I would have liked him as a teenager, but I love him as a 70-year-old. So it's kind of, I've missed the bad parts, and I just get everybody's good parts. <laughs> that's, that's a really a joyous way of looking at it. I love that. You get the best part. <laughs> so, and, and I've talked quite a bit with my birth mom. And I can't tell you how many times she said to me, have you had a good life? Aww. And it's just like, yes, I've had a wonderful life. I had wonderful parents. I was an only child. They doted on me. Um, they allowed me to do all my music, all my theater. Um, it was just wonderful. And, you know, they encouraged me to be creative and to do things and to go places. And I mean, I've been so many places as a musician and it's just I'm a classical musician. So you I was going to say, think, I want to I want to hear about that. Uh, kind of threw that out there. It's like you're a musician in theater. What? I want to hear about. Well, that. I've all my life. I've been like I said, I started by pulling pots and pans out. Uh, by the time I was old enough to be in band, um, I went into the percussion section. I played drums. And so that's my that's my section. That's my instrument. Uh, I continued on uh, in college and uh, went to the University of Oregon and got a bachelor's degree in percussion. You can get a degree in drumming? 
That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Let me tell you, it won't buy you a cup of coffee, but you can get one. But you can get a cup of coffee. With it. <laughs> yeah. So then I went down to Los Angeles and I ended up going to USC and getting a master's degree in profession. Oh, and God. I would encourage all those people, you talk about being your own advocate. My one piece of life advice is go to school wherever you want, but look at working there. Ooh. Not as a work study, but as an actual employee. They have so many jobs at colleges and universities, everything from people that work in landscaping, people that drive, people that any kind of job you can think of. And most universities, their benefit is free tuition. Yeah. And so you work for a few years, you go to school for a few years, you come out, you have no debt. And with a degree like drums, that's a good thing to have. I know some people that spend an awfully lot of money on a private school, you know, and it's it's tough. But if you work there, you know, just I, that would be my piece of advice to people because you could make things work. You can do it. And you touched my passion there because, you know, I'm a belly dancer. So drums. I'm, yeah, I love drumming and I know a lot of drummers and um, I have one friend of mine that went to college for theater mm. and he played drums and he talks about debt a lot because I have, I'm still paying off my, my, my college loans and he's like, it's hard to pay off college loans when you play drums for a living because he mm -hmm. has to have a job job because like it's to your point, nobody's out there throwing $300,000 grants. <laughs> at drummers, you know what I mean? But it's like the passion that he has. And I can feel your passion. I, I feel like if I could walk away and say, there's one thing that I get when I talk to you is that you are passionate about the things that you love. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, it was not my day job. I didn't, I purposefully chose not to be a band director or an orchestra director, but I worked in computers. I was a computer programmer uh, back starting in the days when they had punch cards and a computer filled up an entire room. Uh, days when computers were expensive and programmers were darn cheap, let me tell you. Not like today. Not today. Uh, but, you know, I was able to do that during the day and do my playing at night. And I did so many things. And I studied with Mitchell Peters, who was the principal percussionist and timpanist of the L.A. Phil. I studied with Kenny Watson, who was the number one call for movies and films. And I just learned so much from them. And it was just so wonderful. And uh, the opportunities that I had when the Olympics came to town, to Los Angeles, I was part of the opening ceremonies. Oh, wow. I was uh, an Olympic timpanist up in the Coliseum. We got to see everything. It was wonderful. I still have the uniform. It's, it's pretty awful. Uh, but it, you know, it was uh, it was uh, pink and aqua, uh, uh, not not my favorite combination. But then no, later no, on, I have to ask you. I don't mean to interrupt you. I have to ask you: Was that the ceremony where the band they did the number where the band was communicating with the UFOs? Was that was that you? Were you in? The uh, I don't think so. Don't think I wasn't so. in was... the band that was on the field. I was okay. up in the stands. I was there were fanfare trumpets and fanfare timpanists and a thousand piece choir that was up in the stands. Was... And we 
were pretty much before the ceremony actually started. I, I taped it on television and they kind of overlooked our part. But that's that. okay. It was so good two stuff. years was two good years stuff. later, I get a call. I still to this day do not know how my name was chosen. But the phone rang and I picked it up and a woman said, How would you like to play timpani for the Pope? And I said, yeah, <laughs> sure, why not? I'm not, I'm not Catholic, but yes, 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 yes. And so I got to do both of the papal masses. One was in uh, the Coliseum. One was in Dodger Stadium. Wow. And, and my funny story about doing the Coliseum, you know, the Coliseum holds a hundred thousand people. It did then. I think, I don't know what it is now. I know they've redone some of the sections, plus the whole football field was full of chairs oh wow and the conductor was just getting ready to start and he said oh by the way now i have learned through decades of being a musician that when a conductor says oh by the way it's never oh by the way we're going to get cookies afterwards it's always oh by the way here's something bad that's going to happen and so he got ready to conduct and his arms were up and he said Oh, by the way, we're going to repeat this song until every person in the Coliseum takes communion. And oh, my God. Conducting. Like and some, of the trumpets, some of the trumpets just, I, I saw them just fall from their lips. <laughs> but, you know, you talk about organization. That was your cardio that, was your cardio that day. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They must have pulled every priest in the West Coast because there was a priest. If you think of how a football stadium stand looks, on the aisles, every other row, there was a priest throughout the whole thing. So all you had to do was get up, circle around your aisle, get your communion, go around the backside, and then come back and sit in your seat. That was it. And they were all done. Wow. Because in my mind, I was like, wow, everybody's got to go see the Pope. So they had a plan. They had a yeah, plan I mean, of action. <laughs> but yeah, he showed up. He was in his Pope mobile, you know, because he had had some threats on his life. And it was just it was wonderful to see him. I mean, he he acknowledged the orchestra as he went by. It was just, it was wonderful. This is something I'll always hold in my heart. So when you said at the start of this that you've had a wonderful life, you really yeah. have had a wonderful life. I've had a wonderful life. I mean, I was. Um, when I moved back up to Oregon from California, I was part of a brand new community theater group. I was in it for 10 years and I, uh, I did everything except act. I directed, I conducted, I taught the songs, I painted sets, uh, you know, I did everything and it was just the most wonderful time. And I, those 10 years, I think were some of the best of my life because I love musicals and I love doing that. Uh, but you know, it was community theater. So you never knew what you were going to get. <laughs> um, my first show, um, it was just, it just you didn't know. You didn't know how the audience was going to take it. And just to, to be sitting in front of your little orchestra in the pit and to hear them laugh and to hear them know that what you thought was funny, they think is funny. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't have asked for anything better. It was just it was just the best feeling. And I've made friends back then that I still have today. Um, of course, they were in grade school and now they have children of their own, which really makes me feel old. But 
Um, I understand. That happens. You are just a delight in, in the way that you just make a person just want to be joyous. And I, that's a big thing for me is like, I always say that you can do anything if you operate through a filter of joy. You got to oh, love life. You got to love absolutely. life. It's all attitude and you have to have a good one. And yeah, there's a lot of days I hurt and there's a lot of days that I don't want to get out of bed. But if you're going to be trying to do a business and I'm very fortunate because my husband has so much experience. He used to be uh, in aircraft manufacture. So he understands having to trace every little part, which you have to do in the food business. You have to be able to follow the food chain. Every yeah. ingredient you put in, you have to know where it came from. You have to have, um, you know, a way of getting back in case something happens and you have to be able to have that traceability. Especially if you're creating products that are addressing allergies, right? Because you have to make sure. Anything, any kind of food product, not just that, but then the labeling, you know, of course, we're no good if you are allergic to hazelnuts. So you have to make that perfectly clear. Uh, but. Uh, you know, we do use Oregon hazelnuts, and so we're we're really proud of that. So, do you um, did you have to go through the process of going through the FDA and and all of that? Oh yeah, with their product. Oh, oh, everything. That's why we can't sell outside of the United States just yet. Um, like I said, oh, unless different. we get a food a food broker, but come on, different process. There's well, gonna, somebody out there that, that wants to do that. We're gonna put that on the table. We're gonna put that call to action. So when 2023 rolls around, which is only a couple of days now, it seems. That, that's well, we're gonna... excited. We're going to be going to the uh, specialty food show in Las Vegas in January, and we're excited to see who Ooh. we will meet, and maybe we can make some connections. You just, you don't know. I'm absolutely convinced there'll be one person that'll try our product, and that'll just, it'll just send it on its way, whether or not it's, you know, a celebrity chef or an influencer, or perhaps yourself. I don't know. You'll have to, you know. I'm going to try. I'm gonna give it a try. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try and see, because, um, I do have um, people in my life that have food allergies and I'm um, just recovering. I'm, I'm almost completely uh, resolved in my, um, this IBS. I got mm -hmm. IBS as a result of uh, grief. Uh, when I lost my mother, I went through all kinds of stuff. And when I came coming out it's of it, I, I had IBS and they don't know what to do. They just give you here, take this and this and this and this. And I've, I've been making adjustments in, in my diet to kind of address that. So I'm very, very curious about your product to see because I'm a baker and I'm like, I'm always trying to find new ways to create the baking uh, goods with less of some of the stuff that is kind of harmed us, you know? Right. And it's good. I've, I've been, I've been working on a workbook called the ones I lost a husband when I was 42 and I, there's a thing I call the ones, which is the that first year it's, it's that first movie you were looking forward to going with him. It was that first holiday, that first birthday, the first. And so I call it the ones. And that's something that I've been been working with. Let me show you my pride and joy here. My children's book. Oh, my God. The cat for a, a cat hat. for a hat. <laughs> and it's basically it's basically the story. I was so amused by the British uh, women and their hats that they wore at some of the weddings. And they were like little works of art up on their uh, up on their heads. And so this is a story, it's a picture book of a young woman that gets a chance to go to a royal event. 
uh, but she doesn't have a hat. And so she ends up using her cat for a hat. That is so cute. And no one even notices that. It's just a cool hat. <laughs> yeah, and every time you see a picture of her, the cat's in a different position. You know, it's, you know, legs up, legs tucked, like, you know, so. What caused you to create this children's book? <laughs> well, I love writing. I love telling stories. And I love hearing people's stories, which is why I love being in Toastmasters, because I love hearing people's stories. And the writing is all about stories. And I've written a bunch of stuff, um, not particularly successful at selling them, but I'm successful at writing them. And this was something that I, ever since I saw that, I thought, oh, I can make a picture book of that. And people have encouraged me to do a sequel um, perhaps a Kentucky Derby one where the women Ooh, also wear the fancy hat. And they do. They, they but do. Mardi Gras yes. might be another place that you could use a cat for a hat. It'd be a wild uh, party, man. A <laughs> poor little cat would be like, what's happening? <laughs> oh my gosh. But, so but I have various things I'm writing in various stages. And, and I spent a whole year working on a, a television series and just did everything. We, 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 plotted out a five-year arc, and, and the first year we did uh, uh, the little uh, three-page summaries, and I wrote two entire scripts, and I went down and pitched it in LA, but I couldn't, couldn't get any takers, and so now that it sat on the shelf for a couple of years, I'm thinking I'm going to want to do it as a radio drama, Ooh. because I've done, as a percussionist, I've done Foley work, so I've, I've made the sound effects for live radio shows before. And boy, is that fun. I bet it so is. So there's just all kinds of things out there to be done and to be a part of. And I love you it. You know, it's just how much time do you have? Unfortunately, when you're trying to start a business, you don't have quite as much time as you'd like. No, but you it's uh, it's all good. So the 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 demos and such, because it feels like you're getting out now. Like the the focus seems to be getting people to taste this product. 2023, are you going to be full tilt boogie? Do you feel like going to different things? I knew you got a, an event in January. You're going to make that a, a priority? Well, we're, we're there in January, but we're not there with our product. We're just basically checking it out to see if we want to be there in the future. Okay. But we have done, uh, besides the Two Cooks for Allergies website, we've done, we also have recipes on our hazel cream website, but we've done uh, the Bend Women's Expo, we've done the health fair, uh, we've done the fall festival, uh, we've done, I've done tastings at people's homes, I've done demos in stores and, and in all the stores. And the first of, first of the year, we weren't in any stores and now we're in 16. So people can buy online, uh, but if you're in Oregon, you can buy in the store. Ever thought about going on the Shark Tank? The Shark Tank wants you to be making money. Uh, people have asked about that. And, and I think if we get to the point where we're having more sales, yes, that would be an option. But right now we're still we're still trying to, to get people to try it and buy it. And there's some, you know, there's some interesting things. We have uh, a gentleman looking at it for making dairy-free ice cream. And we make that at home, but he's thinking about making it as a product. Ooh, and then we're exciting. looking at perhaps putting, uh, instead of it in the paste, putting it in cans so people can just buy, open it, and drink it. 
because that's one of the issues we've had. Nobody's doing their product this way. And so you have to get through the education part of it. Yes, you're going to buy it. You're going to put it in the blender. You're going to decide how much water you need. Everybody wants it to, they want it convenient. They, they don't want it. They do want it work. convenient, but, but I can offer you milk four ways from one pod versus having to buy buttermilk, having to buy, you know, cream versus having to buy milk, having to buy evaporated milk. So to me, it's worthwhile because that's what it offers is the flexibility. I love that. So we have listeners that have all kinds of allergy, allergy concerns. Um, if you could cover one more time how they could get in touch with you and what they could get from you uh, that you're giving as a gift, that'd be great. Okay, well, we're giving uh, two things. We're giving uh, a quick start dairy allergy guide, or if, even if you want to be a vegan guide, but it's, it's mostly for allergies. And I realize there's more people that have a vegan lifestyle than have allergy problems but I'm concerned about the people that have the allergies. Yes. Uh, so we have that and anybody can order that. And then uh, we are going to offer uh, a discount coupon for people with a US mailing address. And you can get to that by going to our Hazel Cream website, which is Sherry's Hazel Cream, and that's C-H-E-R-I, hazelcream.com slash um, angel dash what did we call it? Yep, Angel uh, author. author. And author. I'll have that linked when people come to the show. I'll have that all linked on there because you sent me all so your- So those are the two things. Yeah, and try it and, you know, make some good stuff with it. And I would love it if people would send me a picture of what they made. I'll put it on the website. Oh, gosh. You know, people want to do that. And then put your, put your products that you make up on the website. I'm going to grab some and make, and make some something. And I think- Well, even just potatoes. It's wonderful. I've had so many people tell me that, They've had potatoes. In fact, one woman came up to me in tears. She said, this is the first time I've had scalloped potatoes in five years. You know, because again, you don't want something that tastes like coconut. You don't want something that tastes like oatmeal. You don't want water. So this is something that's different. And there's a consistency, you know, cornbread, you know, family from the South, that's, that's a, like a staple. Mm -hmm. cornbread and it has a texture to it and I've tasted gluten-free cornbread I've tasted all this stuff and I'm like isn't it delicious I'm like "Mm, not really (laughs) Uh, thank you for letting me try it (laughs) yeah you can make pancakes you can make waffles you can make I make a really good chocolate sauce that's one of the things I demo with I always take something at the demo that uh people can taste because I want them to know that it's not going to taste like hazelnuts. When you put it in your coffee, some people detect a hazelnut note, but when you cook with it and bake with it, you don't, it goes away. And, you know, your creamy tomato soup, which is one of our recipes out there, is not going to taste, you're not going to taste any hazelnut. I came up this year, my big, recipe that everybody's loving is my not nog because it's dairy free so we're calling it not nog and i make a quart of that and it just appears before i put it on the table i mean it just people just love that is that recipe on your website it's on the website yes it is okay i'm gonna go look at that i'm looking at it now and i'd love to include um some of the stuff 
you know, I was thinking maybe grabbing a snippet from some of your um, information and including it on there uh, from the website. So I think I'll do that so people can see. And maybe a challenge. Maybe we'll we'll have a challenge and have. I've I've been tempted to to do a TikTok smoothie challenge, but I'm not on TikTok. But I know a 15 year old, so maybe I can get them to to help me secret, with that. But that's your secret it weapon. It makes a really good smoothie. It does. Here, buddy. I, it does. I saw that you had a mango smoothie on here. Um. So I'm gonna. I'm. Exp I've been exploring your web. Oh God, it looks so good. Oh. Yeah. And if you're doing something like the smoothie or the knock knock. You don't need to make the milk ahead of time. Just put it in the blender and you're going to be adding water. And, and I like mango and banana, but, you know, it's just it's just everything goes in the blender and comes out great. Huff pastry doll. My gosh, I am going to have a good time on this website. I have to figure out which one I want to do. And I'm going to I'm going to make something my own. But at first, I got to get the goods. So I'm going to have to go to your pick up a couple of pods and then start start doing it. And then I want to um, get the cream, make your, because you do a, like a half and half, you say, you have the different levels of it's water. The, it's, it's the same product. It's just how much water you put in it. So oh. if, you, if you add 32 ounces of water to a pod, that's milk. If you add 16 ounces, we call that cream. Okay. Because it's thicker, you know, and it's, again, you're controlling the amount of thickness. And again, your buttermilk, your Mexican crema, you just throw a little bit of vinegar or lemon juice, let it sit overnight. Get that curdle. Now, some of the things you make are going to separate. You know, it's almost like when you put together salad dressing, oil and vinegar. So you always want to make sure you give it a good shake. Shake it up. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it works. But in this conversation too of um, population growth, yeah. And sustainable food. This feels like a way to address some of the sustainability that people are pointing to. Well, and the other thing is we have a little bit about this out on the website, but hazelnuts are so much better environmentally than almonds. Uh, the amount of water they take, uh, it's just a much better product. It's we We've got the stuff out there you can you can read about. So I will I will share that on that's a really that's a really good point. And today when you're talking about the carbon footprint, everybody's focusing on on all this stuff. But sometimes the work even to create, you know, I had somebody walk me through it's like, ooh, almond milk, but all the work. Yeah. Like what's the point of doing that when you 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 pollute and <laughs> all the stuff to create it? What are we saving? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, and almonds just take a lot of water. They really they do. do. They do. And it, it, it's not necessarily better for you. It's just another solution. And for people who have um, allergies to milk, I get it. Some people, it's just a fashion, like soy milk for a long time. Everybody did soy milk until they started saying, you know, soy is not actually can, ca can cause right. issues if you do too much of it. And there's what you're saying is that um, hazelnut, and I love hazelnuts, by the way. I forget the... Um, the the candy that's got the hazelnut and the chocolate. Oh my God, I love hazelnuts. Well, see, and the thing of it is, is that we have a proprietary roasting process that we use because we don't want it to taste like hazelnuts. Uh, hazelnuts come in a shell and then inside the shell, they have a skin and the skin is called a pellicle. And we remove the pellicle. That's why our milk is so white. Uh, there are a couple other companies that make 
almond milk, but there's, their product is not white um, because they don't take the pellicles. That little skin that comes on the nut. Yeah. On the nut. That's interesting. But I've learned more about hazelnuts than I ever wanted to know. There's probably two dozen varieties and we only use two uh, because we're interested in the fat content. Okay. And did you know that there are boy hazelnuts and girl hazelnut? There are boy and girl hazelnuts? What? <laughs> and and the, boy, the boy hazelnuts are very shy and they don't like to give up their pellicles. Ooh. And so they pretty much have to be picked out of the process. It's, it's pretty funny. No boys allowed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just more work, kind of like life. They're a little bit more work. <laughs> so what do we do with the um with the with the male um hazelnuts? Do you guys use them for something else or give them to well it's it's part of the uh, we get them from a company that does that part of the processing for okay. us. Uh they we don't go directly to the farm. The farms sell to a co-op and then the co-op they yeah, they do the processing and stuff to our specifications. Just like they do it to other people's, like if you if you want a Nutella or some of those different things, those are dark roasted, delicious, not good in pancakes, not good in gravy, no. but delicious for what they're for. So um, the, the journey of figuring all this stuff out, how is that? You know, you've got a, you 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 reached a point. You got you're here today, but you know, two years ago you were. I have an idea you had to find a co-op you had to oh it's this why i say i'm so lucky that i have an engineer for a husband because oh, he figured it all out that's that's been it's just been he and i and uh, he's the one that can methodically go through things where he calls me the whirling dervish and that just kind of ideas just kind of spew forth from me and some of them are good and some are just horrible but they just they just kind of come out you know, and that's, that's, I guess that's part of the creative process, I guess. I don't that know. Is, that is part of the creative process. It is. And I always say this every, every time I've really enjoyed this, this time we spent together, all good things come to an end. Time flies when you're having fun and we're, we're almost to the end here of our program. I wanted to know if you had, you know, one last thing you wanted to share with our listeners today, what would that be? It's just be your own advocate, take control of your life. You know, it's, be open to the universe and, and everything it has to offer to you and just take charge for yourself and don't, don't wait for someone to fix you. Don't wait for someone to make things better. Just, just do it. I love it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not your- saying that's easy. It's not. It's not always easy. Uh, but uh, but the journey can be fun, can it? If your attitude is fun, and that's why I'm saying it's an allergy. I've got an allergy adventure. And when I'm sitting in a restaurant and all I can have is a plate of French fries, it doesn't seem like much of an adventure. But <laughs> there are other times when it's really good. So, that's you know, and, and doing this project and, and doing this is right now it's it's a labor of love, but we really need for it to, to take off. And, and it's not even about the sales. I really think if people try the product, it's going to make a difference for them in their lives. 
and they're going to be able to have the foods back that they couldn't have. They couldn't have before. Hold it up again for me so that people can see the little pod package. There it is. Hazel cream, hazelnut non-dairy. I am going to order some and I'm going to make a dish with it. And I'm going to send you a picture so that you can see. Um, and then hold up the cat book again. Oh, absolutely. You can order this. I gave you a link for it. It's also, um, we do a digital download for not much money. And then, or you can get this as a, as a paperback. I think for showing it to kids, it's kind of nice to have the, where you can open up and, you know, show the pictures of the oh, ladies in the hats. Look at that. Let me see if I find one. Of, and then there's, of course, our, our heroine with her cat. <laughs> the cat uh, looks a little uh, concerned. Must be yeah. early in the process. Probably got used to it later on in the process. But don't spoil it. We'll have to figure it out when we read the book. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sherry, for, for being with us today. I have so enjoyed our conversation. And I'm looking forward to having this connection uh, you okay. wonderful energy and I love it. Thank you. All so right. Well, much. thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for joining <laughs> us. And we'll see you next time on okay. Spirit Talk Radio. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.